I am pumped. And then we're going to have the Titanic themes. Well, not the Titanic theme song, but you know what I mean. The song that you want to put at the end. You have to send that to me. No, we're not going to put that at the end. With the flute. No, we're not going to do that. Because, no. Just no. Just no. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, technical difficulties beyond our control are delaying our presentation. Now, good morning to everyone in my night audience. Station operates on a frequency of 1,460. All right, Thomas. Ready? Tell me everything, everything you have to know. Well, what am I saying? Tell me everything you know about the Titanic first, that we will be discussing today. First, I wish to welcome everybody to our Titanic special, where it's mostly going to be. It's mostly going to be me talking. If you don't like me, I recommend you click off and come back next week. <laughs> and if you don't like me, probably listen to this one, but don't listen to next week. <laughs> so. Last two episodes, we talked about the building of the ship and everything that went on. The episode before, we talked about it hitting the iceberg. So, we left off at midnight, April 15th, 1912. Ooh, ah. Dum-dum-dum. The ship's architect and captain are now fully aware that the ship is sinking, but they're still waiting to get confirmation. Thomas Andrews, he needs to make sure, right? He needs to be absolutely sure this ship is sinking so, the watertight doors are closed, the ship is flooding, and there is nothing they can do to stop it. As for the passengers, they just think the ship shook a little, and there's nothing to worry about. Most of them actually slept right through the collision. Meanwhile, hell is breaking loose. Yeah, below decks, it's absolute pandemonium. But most people have no idea anything's happening. So, just a funny little side note. There was an officer... Third officer Pittman was ordered to wake up the rest of the crew, like the officers. But he decided not to wake one officer, fifth officer Low, because nobody liked him. So they just left him to sleep. I'm just like, I don't want to deal with this man. Essentially, so they just let Low sleep through the whole thing. So, 15 minutes after the collision is when orders began to go out to collect bread and water from the kitchens and bring them up to the deck to put into the lifeboats, and to get the lifeboats ready. There is no list on the ship yet. The ship is still completely fine, right? Mm-hmm. Remember in school, when you're you're doing your work, and then the fire alarm goes off? And then oh, you're yeah, all, and everyone's like... <gasps> and then everybody's going to get out of the school. You're 99.99% sure the school's fine, right? Mm-hmm. That was what it felt like for them. So okay. you get an idea. So they were like, oh, it's You fine. get an idea, right? Yes, You're pretty I do. certain your school's not burning down. All right. It's just a drill. Yeah. So on the deck, nobody's ordered to go into the lifeboats yet just to get them ready, just in case, right? It's also very, very, very loud on the deck because the funnels are letting out steam from the boiler room. The ice mm. water is flooding into the ship and smashing against the boiling hot boilers which are essentially ovens at this point they could explode so they need to let the steam out of the ship and just to give you an idea how loud it was is you couldn't hear the person standing next to you they had to yell over each other holy crap if you remember in the movie they had that i'm gonna bring the movie up because the movie is good quite a bit they got a lot of things right so if you go back and watch it that that's in it and you hear them yelling at each other, and it's it works. So, imagine this. You're on deck. It's loud. It's cold. The crew are running around. Everybody looks confused. You're dressed up in your warmest clothes. You're tired because you just got woken up, and the ship is completely fine. There was no panic. There was nothing. What would you have done in this situation? I'm going to bring you into this. What would you have done? All right. All right. If I was an Edwardian lady... <sighs> On the Titanic, yes. I probably would have heard the steam, well, all the steam coming out of the ship, and I would have probably panicked a little mm. bit, but also looked around and been like, oh, well, no, impossible. This is this is fine. <laughs> like, the ship's not sinking. No. Nothing's happening. There are no signs. So I probably would have picked up my seven children <laughs> and went back to, <laughs> back to my room oh, and tea. went back to sleep. Uh, just to give you a good idea of how like confident they were 
the people in the lower decks of the ship fighting the water flooding into the ship also didn't think the ship was going to sink. Oh my god. Like, they're in there getting flooded. They're almost drowning, and they think the ship's fine. They think it's just their compartment. Wow. Yeah, they just think it's that section of the ship that's going underwater. Well, right, because when you think about it, back when you spoke about the compartments <laughs> and how you needed, well, more than four compartments, yes. right? To be um, breached in order to have a sinking ship. They probably were just like, well, no, it's yeah. fine. Like, it's just my compartment. Mm-hmm. Like, well, we'll be good. There was a ship that got way more flooded than we did. Mm-hmm. It's It'll be fine. It's the Titanic. Essentially. That overconfidence. Pretty much. So on the bow, there's shattered ice all over the place. And there's people picking up, playing snowballs, and they're kicking it around. And, which is kind of weird when you really think about it. It's an iceberg. It's You don't see icebergs these days, do you? No. Uh, well, I mean, unless you're in New York. Yeah, that's true. So, you can get a sense of the calm among the passengers when they're literally playing with the, the ice. <laughs> so, the crew is trying to set up the lifeboats. That morning, they had a lifeboat drill, right, to practice how to do it. But it was canceled by Captain Smith. So. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, we don't need yeah, those. No, he canceled it the day of. It's, oh, yeah. man. So, around this time, Captain Smith also orders the first class musicians to play for the passengers to calm them down, to raise like their in spirits. The movie. Yeah. No, that was real. That actually happened. The radio operators are standing by, ready to send out the messages. The lifeboats are nearly ready. And by now, Thomas Andrews, the architect, finally has their answer The ship's going to sink. Oh, fuck. 1222, 42 minutes after the iceberg has struck the ship is when they finally had their answer. 42 minutes later. Thomas Andrews oh said... But... Thomas Andrews said, the ship will sink within an hour, and it will capsize. That's what he said. After 42 minutes, or before? After 42 minutes. After the, 40... after the 42 okay. minutes, he said, from an hour, hour, an hour from now, the ship will be underwater, and it will capsize. Well, then. That's very joyful news. So... Captain Smith orders the radio operators, John Phillips and Harold Bride, to radio out for assistance. There are two signals sent out, CQD and SOS. SOS is the official, but CQD people mostly use at the time, because SOS is still brand new. So mm-hmm. there's, that's, a, that's a whole episode on its own. What's CQD? CQ means urgent, like uh, attention. Right. Okay. D means distress. So attention, oh, distress. Urgent. People think it. Okay. People think it means come quickly, danger, but it's not. It's CQ. Pay attention. D distress. Oh, okay. One of the first ships to respond to the distress was the German ship, the SS Frankfurt, but because of the language barrier, it. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh my god. If it was a different ship, maybe they wouldn't know. Uh, it was, Anyways, it okay. It was frustrating. There is a an amazing video we're going to put on our blog. It is the it's mm-hmm. the night. That night is the correspondent between the North. It's like a chat room, essentially. They're all talking to each other in a way. It's like a chat room, but you don't know who's online. You can't. Yeah. Right. Essentially, that's how they talk to each other. And the Frankfurt. Is, so the Titanic says, come quickly. We have struck an iceberg. We are sinking. And the Frankfurt says, okay, but what's wrong? <laughs> We're sinking. But <laughs> we have hit an iceberg. We, hit an iceberg. <laughs> we are sinking. Okay. What are you sinking about? Oh, ah. my God. <laughs> <laughs> That's like the most. Anyways, okay, I'm yes. I'm skipping way too far ahead here. But I just need to add it. That the Frankfurt actually did respond. And they were given mm-hmm. the Titanic's coordinates, and they headed towards the coordinates. They were one of the closest ships. But they went to the wrong coordinates. What? They went to, yeah. They, because of the language How? barrier, oh my God. they read it wrong, and they went to the wrong coordinates. If they went to the right coordinates, they would have made it on time. Shaking my womp head. Womp. Oh, man. Ugh. So... The SS Carpathia also received the call. So did the Olympic, the Titanic sister ship, but they were too far Mm -hmm. away. Mm -hmm. At the time, there was pranksters. People used to radio in 
fake messages. You know, CQD, CQD, we're sinking, come here. And all the ships go, oh my God. And they go there and there was nothing. They mm-hmm. were, yeah. So when the largest ship in the world on its maiden voyage says, hey, we're sinking. No one believed no, them. No, the Carpathia didn't believe them. Except for one of the radio operators on the Carpathia who was friends with the guy on the Titanic. And he believed them. And so they took it seriously, or he took it seriously, took it to the bridge, demanded the, you know, he barged into the captain's sleeping quarters and said, look. And so they went. They are singing. Yeah, essentially. So the okay. captain, the captain also takes it seriously. The mood on the ship is beginning to change. People can feel the list. They can see officers are worried, but never fear. Because there is a ship on the horizon. They can see mm. it. They can see a light on the horizon. Do you remember the name of that ship that I was talking about? Not the SS Frankfurt. No. Not the... Oh my god! The one in the first episode. Uh, 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 uh. Oh my god. Steamship. Oh my god, Californian. Californian! So, the Californian... They can see it. They can see the Californian. But the Californian is not coming. Their radio is off. They turned their radio off. <gasps> right. Because he was like, shut up, I'm yes. working. Yes. Oh my and said, god. So he said, screw it. So he went to bed. He turned off the radio. But this has got another negative effect amongst the passengers because they can see another ship. Right? It's mm-hmm. cold. It's dark. It's I'm not getting in that rickety boat. I'm gonna stay on this luxury liner. <laughs> That other ship will come rescue us, but it, it's not, right? Mm-hmm. So, Captain Smith orders the boats to be launched. Women and children first, right? There's mm-hmm. a key word in there. Women and children first. What's the key word? First. Do you remember when I said the ship was really loud because of the steam? <gasps> yes. The orders were interpreted wrong. They thought he said women and children only. He didn't say only. He said first. Okay. No one can see me right now, but my <laughs> mouth is wide open and I am not. I'm shook. So the first, I am yes. shook So it. the first lifeboat was filled. Filled, quote unquote. And was launched. It was lifeboat number seven. There are enough space. There's enough space on the boat for 65 fully grown men. The boat launches with 27 women and children. And there are only enough lifeboats for half the amount of people on the ship. What the fuck? Do you know why? Because they were overconfident? No. Oh no, why? No. Because there were so many ships on the ocean at the time. It was mm-hmm. generally believed that you could just ferry people. That's what the lifeboats were for. Uh... Were to ferry you to the other boat. And back okay. and forth. And in a way, it's not wrong. The Californian mm-hmm. is right there. Right. But... The Californian isn't coming. Because they turned their damn radio exactly. off. And the problem... I blame that another man problem is in that post room. More lifeboats doesn't equal more people saved. It would have cluttered mm-hmm. the deck. People wouldn't have been able to move around to get into the lifeboats. It would have been a disaster. Mm-hmm. So it was just circumstance, essentially. It's just... That's just how it is. Mm-hmm. So only half the amount of boats... Only half the amount of people could fit on these boats. Now, third-class passengers. What do you know about the third-class passengers at this time? Well, I know what you told me, that they weren't actually thrown in like animals. They were respectable people Mm. in respectable cabins. Um, But other than that, not much. Well, do you remember the movie? What they did to the third-class passengers? (gasps) Did they lock them down? No. It's a myth. That didn't happen. There's only ah. there's only one account of that happening, and then even then it was kind of dramatized. So why did so many third class passengers die? Why? Oh wait, did they? Oh no, I don't know. Tell me. Because there were so many of them. Mm. The corridors were tiny. They were all trying to carry their luggage, right? Big crates. These crates had everything in them. Their entire mm-hmm. livelihoods, their entire everything was in these crates. Mm-hmm. and they couldn't fit through the hallways they couldn't get up to the deck but they were also told to stay behind 
not to stay behind, but they were told to wait their turn, which they did. Yeah. They were told, we gotta wait until we get the order to go on deck. So they just sat by and waited. And by the time they realized, oh wait, we're sinking, it was too late. It was too late! And they were on the bottom of the they ship as down, well, yeah, right? They were so there. they were the first ones to fly. Yeah, essentially. Oh man, mm-hmm. that's that's not good. Mm-hmm. That's not good at all. So shortly after Lifeboat 7 launches, Lifeboat number 5 launches, carrying 36 passengers. As it's being lowered, a knot gets tied, caught, as it's being lowered in one side of the lifeboat, and the other side keeps lowering, and it nearly tips over. <laughs> this literally, I feel like, okay, anyways, yeah. the Titanic was it just was, circumstance. Yeah, just... Disaster is circumstances of disaster. Yeah. Like, shit going wrong, one after the other, continuously. Maybe if they did those lifeboat drills, we wouldn't have this problem. Mm, maybe. Mm. And the most miraculous thing all night happens. Are you ready for this? What happened? I am. Officer Lowe wakes up. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, wait a second, why didn't anybody wake me up? <laughs> he walks out on deck. May I imagine there's rockets being launched at this time, right? Distress rockets. Mm-hmm. Lifeboats are being launched. You can feel a list. He walks out on deck in his pajamas. <laughs> and Officer Murdoch turns to him and says, Are you, What the? What? <laughs> He's like, <laughs> what the l- fuck is going <laughs> on right l- now? L- yeah, Officer Lowe says, what's going on? Why, uh, what's going on? And Murdoch's like, yeah, um, we're sinking. We're sinking. <laughs> go, <laughs> Surprise! Go get your uniform on, you idiot. <laughs> so he went and put in his uniform and he grabbed his pistol as well. Not okay. an issued pistol, it was his own private pistol. Mm, mm-hmm. Secret pistol. Mm-hmm. So an hour and 20 minutes in, lifeboats are starting to be lowered. The, the California is just sitting there, right? They can see the rockets, right? But why aren't they coming? Mm-hmm. Why not? They could, well, they're all asleep. No, no, oh. no. They they can see the rockets, but the rockets are not going up properly. They're going up different colors. They're going up different out of so sequence. So they thought they were fireworks or some shit. They didn't know what it was. It was like okay, that ship's just launching. But why didn't they turn on their radio to see what's going on? Why not? I don't know. That's the problem. We still oh don't know. It's God. one of the great mysteries of the Titanic. They were just like, eh. Also, the ship's... If it is the Titanic, they can't be sinking. Also, Whatever. Also, <laughs> I'm going back to sleep. Also, the ship's log went missing that night as well on the Californian. So, where did that go? Uh, someone's hiding something. Yeah. Scandalous. So, even with the ship listing Titanic's passengers refuse to go on board even mm-hmm. now even with the ship sinking they're, they're still convinced that they're completely fine because it's minus two degrees it's cold and you gotta leave your husband behind mm-hmm. you don't want to do that Mm-mm. no and but the, the crew is also telling people to calm down there's nothing to worry about but if there's nothing to worry about why am i getting in why this are we boat? getting off the ship <laughs> essentially <laughs> So, one of the life... This is just a fun little side story here. One of the lifeboats was launched without enough crew on it. So, they stopped halfway. They yelled up. And they said, hey, we we don't got enough people on it. So, second officer, Lighthaller, yells out. Does anybody have any naval experience? One man, Major Arthur Puchin, a 45-year-old, said he was a yachtsman. So Lighthaller said, if you can climb down that rope, you're free to go. So he jumps, he grabs the rope, and he starts climbing down, and he falls into the lifeboat. Oh, okay. He was from Montreal, by the way. Huh. Yeah. My man. Yeah. That's, where, uh, that's where we're from. Yeah. Yeah. Sort of. I'll be there soon. So, <laughs> that's one interesting fact about him. He was the only male... Officer Lighthaller let on a lifeboat that night. He was physically... Because he was a yachtsman. Not just that. Because of the orders, women and children only, Lighthaller was mm-hmm. literally throwing men off the lifeboats and just wouldn't let any men go. So, so fun fact about uh, our Major Arthur here, apart from the Montreal thing, is when he jumped, his wallet fell out of his pocket and fell into the ocean. They found it. 
We found what? we found his wallet. Where? At the ocean floor. When they went excavating the Titanic, when we discovered it, they found his wallet. And in it, they found his business card, and they found a Toronto streetcar ticket. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That is archaeologically fascinating. It's, that's your thing. <laughs> it is my yeah. thing. I love that. Exactly. So, he was kind of a dick, if I'm honest, as well. <laughs> He was just a piece of garbage. We don't really care yeah, about him, was, but we care about his yeah, wallet. Yeah, he was kind of an asshole. But anyway, so what's what's important about that? Why do I bring that up? Because when he started rowing away, rowing away, mm-hmm. he didn't believe the ship was sinking until he saw it from a distance. Oh, okay. So, you know, the bow is starting to list quite a bit. It's starting to uh-huh. touch the water line and people are still, oh, we'll be fine. <laughs> the ship's basically cracking in half and everyone's like it's okay we're on the titanic yeah so the ship started to list to port right do you remember which way is port okay no no port which way is port left okay how do you how do you tell the difference between port and starboard how do you tell the difference how do you, between how port do you and remember starboard? okay well when you're turning no, 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 You're... no. I'm saying is, oh. what? How do you tell which is port and starboard? As you, oh, as I don't know. you as a person who's just not going the ship. Right? Uh, how do you tell the difference? Tell me. Port and left have four letters. Huh. And starboard, starboard is, right. is the other yes, one. Right. So the ship. <laughs> okay. That was a lot just to tell you the ship's starting to list a little bit. <laughs> so the ship is starting to list to port. Remember, remember okay. Thomas Andrews said the ship's going to tip over, right? Well, mm-hmm. he was wrong, but but at the time, you know, it's starting to list. Okay. So, and people are starting to realize, oh, crap, I think we're starting to sink. So panic starts to set in on the deck. Oh, no. Now, and now everyone's trying to get off the ship yeah. as quickly as possible. Yep. Yeah. So during the panic, men started rushing lifeboat fourteen, which was manned by Officer Lowe, our favorite guy, mm-hmm. and our man. he fired his pistol pistol three times to stop people from boarding his lifeboat. See, it comes back later. I mentioned it earlier. It, comes back it does later. come yeah. back. It's, there you go. Two hours after the collision, they started pulling out the emergency collapsible lifeboats, the lifeboats that are stowed away. Essentially, there's three mm-hmm. of them. Lifeboat C is starting to get lowered, and there is one passenger on that lifeboat who should not be on that lifeboat. Who? Bruce Ismay. The ch- <gasps> The man. <laughs> the myth. The legend. I'm going to call you out here. I think you're being dramatic for nothing. Who's Bruce Ismay? <laughs> he's, the- <laughs> he's the one in charge. Well, he's the one either who owns the ship or he... I'm proud of you. Yeah. I'm, okay. The chairman. He, that's why. Yeah. Okay. I was like, he either owns the ship or he has something, like, he has shares in the ship. Like, he the ship owns, is partially he his. He doesn't own, yeah, he's, it's his ship. It's, he's the chairman right. of the White Star Line. He mm-hmm. owns the whole company. Okay. Right. He jumps in a lifeboat and he gets okay. rescued. His excuse was that there were no more women and children around for him to rescue so, so he was like, oh, might as well. I'm jump in the boat. There is a debate whether he was a coward or not, because before that, he really was helping people. He was literally mm-hmm. throwing women into lifeboats. At one point, he tried to lower a lifeboat himself, but the crew had to hold him back at gunpoint. Oh, the man wow. was mentally unstable that night. Mm-hmm. But I feel like maybe there's a possibility that he was throwing women and children into lifeboats because he wanted to get onto one as quickly as possible. And he knew the women and children were going to be going on first. Possible. And well, women and children only up until there's no more women and children. Mm-hmm. Right. So he was just trying to rush that as quickly as possible to get the fuck off of mm-hmm. the boat. So I think it's a loose, loose situation for him. Essentially, it's either you die mm-hmm. on the ship or you go home and be shamed as a coward and a murderer. Which right. do you choose? How what do you choose in that situation? You know? Yeah, uh, I would die on the ship. <laughs> I mean, 
you know, the captain goes down with his ship, but if you're the freaking owner <laughs> of the entire line, yeah. you're going to go home and be like, yeah, well, you know, it, it's fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, you do not. So the propellers are starting to raise out of the, spot, out of the ocean. The lights are beginning to flicker a little bit on the ship. Pandemonium sets in. And the telegraph operator, Phillips, is still going. He is still telling people to come rescue us. Mm -hmm. Captain Smith enters the room. And they are just pale. Right? Phillips has been sitting there for two hours staring at the wall in front of him. Just d-d-d-d-d-d-d-d-d. And Captain Smith looks the same. He walks in behind them and just walks behind Phillips and stares at the exact same spot. The other operator, Harold Bride, is... What the hell? Because these two men look like they've seen a ghost, essentially. Mm-hmm. And Captain Smith says, it's time to go. You've done your duty. Abandon your post. Right? Mm-hmm. Phillips stays. He keeps d d d d d d d Harold is trying to pull him away, saying, look, we gotta go. The radio is off. It's flooded. The line has been cut. He's literally messaging nobody at this point. But he keeps My going. God. He's just sitting there. Dee, 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 dee. We don't know if it was shock or if he actually thought something was going up. I think he was shocked because he was staring. I think he was shocked yeah. too. Phillips. Shock and hope mixed together. I suppose. Phillips. Dee, 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 dee. Oh, man. So at this point, Captain Smith walks out on the deck. He goes to the bridge and he picks up his megaphone, right? Mm-hmm. And he goes and he yells at the lifeboats, come back to the ship. Come back and pick up passengers, but nobody comes. Mm-hmm. And the bow is now going underwater. The ship is rising faster and faster. And then Captain Smith says, every man for himself. That's it. There's nothing more we can do. And then he disappears into the officer's quarters. And he's never seen again. Can you- Did he sink with the ship? Yes. Yes, he's gone. But just imagine what's going through his mind. Him and him and Thomas Andrews. Just imagine what's going through their mind right now. Their ship is sinking. Captain Smith, this was his last ever voyage. He was famous for his... Fame was weird back then, but he was famous. <laughs> he had statues of himself, right? He was He mm-hmm. was the captain of ships in the world. And this was his last voyage, and it's sinking. He blames himself. He thinks this is his fault. Thousands of people are going to die. He knows there's not enough lifeboats. He knows they're all leaving half full. He knows everybody's going to die. Mm-hmm. What goes through your mind at that point? You know, Just... His yeah. career led up to that moment. Yeah. Every mistake he made was leading to that moment. Mm-hmm. Every mistake and success he made yeah. led him to that moment. Yeah. And I mean, when you're a famous person, I think, I mean, in his head, he was probably like, I am the best, I am fantastic. And then the moment that ship started sinking, I would not be surprised if his whole life flashed before his essentially. eyes. Essentially. You know, it's so cliche, yeah. but yeah. Where did I go wrong, essentially? Exactly. What happened? How did I get yeah. here? I think he knew exactly what he did, because ignoring iceberg warnings and stuff, but mm-hmm. that's just years. Definitely. That's just, he's probably crossed the Atlantic hundreds, hundreds of times, maybe mm-hmm. thousands. So, so at 2.10 p.m. is when it starts getting real. Mm-hmm. Water is now spilling onto the main deck of the ship, and it is going down quickly. The band starts playing their final song, Nearer My God to Thee, which we will play at the end of this episode. They toss collapsible lifeboat off the roof of the officer's quarters. They had no way of getting the lifeboat off the top because they thought they would never use it. So they literally just pushed it off and it flips upside down. And they can't flip it back over again. Right On the other side of the ship, collapsible A, it's tied down. It's, it's going to go down with the ship unless they can cut those ropes. They start cutting it with knives. It doesn't work. 
One of the cap ship's officers started using his pistol, started shooting the ropes. It wasn't working. And eventually, the lifeboat starts tipping. And all the passengers inside the lifeboat fall out. Women and children. And then at this point is when the funnel starts to creak. And it starts to tip. And the funnel falls on top of people. And then the water is still rising. It is rising. Glass on the ship is starting to break. People are getting sucked into the ship, including Lorraine Allison, the only first-class child to die on the Titanic, was sucked into the ship. Oh my god, what a way to die. It is going down fast. It is going down extremely fast. The second funnel explodes. It literally explodes from the bottom. So it is thrown and it crashes into the gymnasium and then falls onto more people. The grand staircase breaks. The water starts flooding in and there's a whirlpool because it is a grand staircase and people are being sucked into the whirlpool. And it is just absolute pandemonium because this is it. The ship is starting to go down faster and faster and faster. It starts raising up and up and up and then the creaking loud noise and the the ship's cracking in half and as soon as the ship cracks the lights go out and it crashes down onto people it (laughs) it breaks just forward of the third funnel and it lands on people obviously which is not fun clearly there are still 1500 people on the ship holding on for dear life and it sits there for a little bit laying straight while the front of the ship is straight down still holding on Mm -hmm. and then it breaks off and then the titanic begins to raise up still listing to port more and more to port Mm -hmm. and then it starts plunging further and further until it's gone Oof! the people in the lifeboats can't see this by the way they can see the silhouette, but they can't see anything. Mm-hmm. It's just a black mm-hmm. outline, which is where the debate of where did the ship break in half was a huge debate for many, many, many mm-hmm. years until they found it in half. I forgot to mention, as the ship is going under, water is flowing into the ship faster than air can escape. So windows are exploding. The back of the ship is exploding. People are being thrown into the ocean. And it's... Not fun. Mm-mm, no. Really not. Oh, no. The water is minus two degrees. 1,500 people are plunged into it. And they have nothing to do but scream. Mm-hmm. The people in the lifeboats can't do anything. They had to sit there and listen to their friends, their husbands, sons, parents, children, everybody screaming for their lives. Half-empty lifeboats that could do nothing. But then the screaming starts to quiet and quiet and quiet. It takes about two minutes for you to die because the water Mm -hmm. is so cold. You can also hear the ship below you exploding, crashing, tumbling into the ocean, the the ocean floor. Mm -hmm. Fifth Officer Lowe, our favorite guy, Mm -hmm. is the only officer... To go back. He brings lifeboats together and he empties his lifeboat. And he heads back. He waits a little bit first, actually. Forgot to mention. He waits a little bit for things to calm down. Mm-hmm. Which was too long. It takes two minutes for them to die. And he waited far, far too long. And they get back and it's just a sea of corpses and debris. Women, children... Mostly men. I think he mentioned he couldn't see any women. It was only men. Mm -hmm. They came across one man, a Chinese man, who fashioned himself a raft. He was a sailor back in China. He fashioned himself a raft, and he cried out for help. And he, in his native tongue, but Officer Lo said, what's the use? He's likely dead, and if he isn't, there's there's others worth better saving than a Jap. 
Wow. But the racism. He decided the man's cries were too pathetic. So they went and they picked him up. They pulled him into life, but he was frozen. He could barely move. Mm-hmm. One of the men on the oars was exhausted. So the Chinese man got up and started oaring for him. He said he oared like a hero. And Officer Lo said, was ashamed of himself. He said, I'd save the likes of him six times if I ever had the chance. They picked up three more people. One of them died. So only three people were saved from the water. Mm-hmm. Out of 1,500 people, three were saved. According to Lo, you could hear muffled cries throughout the whole thing. People were still alive, but he couldn't find them. It was pitch black. The ocean was pitch black. And people couldn't, they were just moving. Like, they couldn't mm-hmm. move. And they just sat there and screamed for help. And there was nothing he could do because he couldn't find them. So they just mm-hmm. sat there and froze to death. So for the next hour and a half, the lifeboats had nothing to do but sit there. They didn't know what was going to happen next. They didn't know a ship was coming to save them. They just sat there in the cold and just waited. And then the Carpathia arrived, firing rockets in the distance to let them know they were there. One of the lifeboats, if you remember back, I said there was a lifeboat that tipped over. There were... 14 people on the tip over lifeboat, including Light Aller and the two radio operators, Phillips and the other one. Phillips said, it's the Carpathia, right on time, and then died. Those are his last words. He only cared about, he only cared about getting people saved. And then he saw the Carpathia and he's like, all right, good. And then he died. He was in the water a lot longer than the others on the lifeboat 14. Mm -hmm. So that's why he died. Hypothermia. So over the next four hours, 712 people were rescued and brought onto the Carpathia. The President of the United States sent out a battleship to escort the Carpathia. Just in case. (laughs) And... Can you imagine what it'd be like? Remember I said the radio chat room, what it was like for them? Mm-hmm. The Titanic has vanished. The Carpathia then vanishes off the radar too. They are still going. Did they did Titanic, are you okay? We're on our way. We're on our way. Don't worry. At eight o'clock in the morning, the Carpathia radio is out. Seven hundred and five saved. Carry on your route. And that was it. And that is and that is the Titanic. Whoa. Round of applause, round of applause. Imagine though hearing being in a boat and hearing seven hundred five mm. saved, knowing full well there are way more people on the Titanic right. than that. Wow. They just continue on your route. They got the number wrong we too. They only saved seven hundred and five. How many actually survived? Seven hundred and twelve were saved, but they said seven hundred and five were saved, so they miscounted. Wow. Just a little. But, okay, I have a question. So, when they were saving people, Mm -hmm. the people who were being saved on lifeboats, so the women and children that were being saved, I guess they were majoritarily first-class passengers, Mm second-class passengers, and third-class passengers were kind of just sucked down into the depths of the ocean because i mean when you think about it if they went in and they didn't find any women and children there had to be more in third class Mm -hmm. but they were just kind of thrown down into the ocean i suppose Mm -hmm. there were third class survivors obviously Mm -hmm. but not many mostly women Mm -hmm. not many okay okay um a few days later there was a ship called the mackie bennett that was sent out to rescue it was a cable ship and they were sent out to collect bodies. And mm-hmm. as they were picking people up, they were looking through their clothes to identify them and stuff. And to be brought back. Third class mm-hmm. passengers were thrown overboard. They made priority for the first class. Okay, that makes sense. That makes a lot of so, sense. I mean, considering... I mean, 
who was the richest person on the Titanic? Because in the end, like, there had to be some pretty important people. There were tons. Like, a lot of money on the Titanic. One of them is uh, Isidore. His first name is Isidore. He was the chairman of Macy's. Macy's? Like, the... the, Okay, yeah. The department store. And he died on it. If you remember in the movie, there was a man and his wife cuddling in the bed. Yeah, That was true. Sort of. Huh. She okay. refused to go. Isidore and Isa Strauss. That's it. Strauss. Ida refused to go on the lifeboat. She refused to leave him behind. They were elderly. They'd been married for years. Decades. Mm-hmm. And she said the last words people heard them say was words. Isidore, where you go, I go. She wouldn't leave him. That's so cute. The bed story is not true. Laying in bed together because they f- okay. they found his body okay. in the water. They didn't find her, but they found him. Ooh, that's suspicious. Yeah. Well, and she didn't make it off the boat. No, neither of them did. They both died. Hmm, but they didn't find Ida's body. They didn't find Ida's body. They found Isidore's. But she. Where did they find his stores? It's in the water. Like you gotta remember, this is just this in was the days water later, randomly, right? People were okay. Yeah, bodies were washing up on shore in Newfoundland mm-hmm. weeks later. Oof. Yeah, three poor fishermen. Three hundred bodies were brought back, were rescued from the water. Okay, those that were too decomposed, they threw back overboard. Okay. Uh, going back to answer your question, who was the richest man on the ship? It was a man called John Jacob Astor. He was. And who was he? He was a millionaire, a millionaire tycoon, you know. Okay. And he is—he's very scandal. You like scandal, don't you? I do. It's very entertaining. Yeah, he had his—he brought on his new wife, right? He his new, his new wife. wife. Okay, she's pregnant too, and huh. she was eighteen years old, and he was fifty something. The hell? Okay. Or forty something. One of the two. And doesn't matter. Still an old the man. Scandal. His his oldest son is older than his wife. That is so bad. His son is 25 and his wife is 18. Oof. And one thing I find really interesting is if you go back and you look at newspapers from the Titanic, Mm -hmm. the headline is Titanic Sink J.J. Astor Perishes. He has as much of a headline as the Titanic. There was one point I saw, it was a giant picture of John Jacob Astor and a little picture of Titanic next to it. (laughs) They were like, this man's way more important. Essentially. Everyone's going to want to know about him more. It's weird how he has such a priority in the newspaper. Nobody knows Mm -hmm. who he is today. But I'm wondering is who was he then? How famous was he to get such a headline? Well, I feel like, I mean, the culture still stands today when you think about it, about like tycoon, Mm. real estate tycoons, billionaires. I mean, if let's say, I don't know, well, look what happened with Jeffrey Epstein, for example, Mm. you know, like he in the end, no one really knew who he was, what he did. He was just kind of there. But as soon as scandal hit and he died, everybody was talking about Jeffrey Epstein, right? So I have a feeling... Yeah, but I mean, when you think about it, it's, I mean, people, they, well, especially in North America, we uh, value wealth. And when someone is very rich for doing what seems to be absolutely nothing, everybody becomes interested in them and wants to know how they made Mm. it, right? Rockefeller, same thing. It's kind of same thing with that family as well, you know, like very rich people who own a lot of real estate and everyone's just like, how the fuck did you get there? Like, how did you become this rich? I want that too. And with that much wealth comes a lot of power. And I wouldn't be surprised that if, um, like, if he got that much of a headline in newspapers, he had to be, I mean, people had to care about him in some way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. At least rich people in the world had, well, in, let's say, the United States or in Britain cared about him in some shape, way, or form. So, yeah, that's, it's not surprising that he got a big, big headline. Yeah. But what did he do? How did he get there? Why was he so well, important? The, Astor, fam- God the Astor family is still rich, too. They have I they have an surprised. estate down in... I, I saw an interview with them. They had their own country club and stuff. And they were like, oh, yeah. 
Oh yes. Yeah. Old money, yeah, man. Old money. It's disgusting. So, but yeah. What was I going to talk about? Yeah. So, the Titanic's sister ship, the next mm-hmm. sister ship, the Britannic, sank in ninety. Uh, Christ, I forget. It sank during the war, mm-hmm. right? Which is interesting because the Titanic, the two ships that came after the Olympic, the Olympic was the test ship essentially. And the two mm-hmm. ships that came after it sank. So the test ship survived mm-hmm. the whole thing. Okay. So, just a weird thought. Yeah. Which, okay, I have a question. Yeah. Which was the ship that got pierced? Pierced? Like the well, Olympic? Well, the one that had four compartments. It was the, it was Olympic, the Olympic that got? Yeah. Okay. And Captain Smith was the captain of the Olympic at the time that happened. Which is also mm. enforces the enforces his non-sinkable thing because he lived it. Again, work, right. working against him. But also, him. I don't know, man. I Listen, it, just the fact that he was the, the captain of that ship when it got, well, when did he, they hit an iceberg, right? Yeah. The Olympic? No, the right. Olympic got hit by another ship. Okay. Yeah. So the Olympic got hit by another ship while Captain Smith was captaining captain yeah. of this ship. And it didn't, okay, yeah. But I mean, I don't know, just the fact that it got hit and it got pierced and I don't know, man. It's, it's, it's suspicious. Suspic- it's suspect. suspect. It's suspect. I am suspicious in <laughs> the unsinkable nature of these ships or the thought process behind that. I mean, where did that come from originally? Did the Olympic come out with the idea that it was unsinkable as well yes. or was that just the Titanic? Yeah, no, the Olympic was unsinkable as well and it reinforced it because it was hit by... The... Right, exactly. Yeah. But what? where did that notion come from? Why did people think it was so unsinkable? Just general... Was it like the... Arrogance. Just the architecture? Do, or? You, do you... Before, remember the Costa Concordia cruise ship that sank? Yes, I do. Before yeah. that happened, could you mm-hmm. imagine a cruise ship like that sinking? Mm, no not particularly same same concept back then okay it was just the idea that these ships are so big so grand so safe that they just can't sink okay that makes sense. same as today so it's not really it's not really based in any fact or they didn't no, really no build the it. olympic and the titanic in a different way like it was just a regular old ocean liner and the incident with the Olympic is what made everyone think the titanic was super unsinkable well, essentially it was because it was a sister it ship was also marketing as well when you really yeah. think about it yeah it's like come on our ship you won't die it's unsinkable and luxurious no chance you'll die no. oh sorry <laughs> that is disturbing yeah. in so many ways wow yeah. and then like what was the aftermath of this like what happened with white star line well bruce ismay obviously survived he was shamed and he resigned mm-hmm. and he was completely thrown out they had to okay. the concept of safety was thrown out the window. They had to rethink everything. And okay. if you look at the Britannic and how it sets up its lifeboats, it's interesting. I recommend go look up Britannic, HMS Britannic. Okay. And, well, eventually, I think, I'm pretty sure these were the last of like good liners of White Star Line. Okay. World War One came right around the corner as well. So they lost mm-hmm. a whole bunch of money in that. And mm-hmm. it sort of overshadowed the Titanic sinking as well. Okay. And eventually Cunard and Titanic merged according because of the government forced them to merge. And it became the Cunard White Star Line. Okay. And eventually it changed to just Cunard. The White Star was completely okay. thrown out the window. <laughs> no one cared about White yeah, Star anymore. Their name is tainted. It was cursed. <laughs> So, in the end, I mean, they did lose money, but they also lost money because of the First World War. So, in the end, like, it just, everything happened at really bad times for the liner industry. Yeah, no, they would have, they wouldn't be alive today either way. No, exactly. But, I mean, regardless, I mean, even if the Titanic didn't happen, the sinking of the Titanic didn't happen, I have a feeling that the the ocean liner companies would have gone down the drain to a certain extent anyways because of the war not just what that it's because of airplanes airplanes killed the ocean liner industry 
why also, why say but i mean that was because of the first world war no like the technologies behind aviation um improved because of the first second world, world war, war no second world war is what improved to the idea of being able to fly across the ocean okay, the first world but war, flying, the first world war was least... just a dent it was a big dent because all yeah. their ships got uh taken by the british government and transformed into passenger uh, not passenger uh what's the word they transported troops, sent troop ships. That's okay. the word, troop ships. Yep. They became troop ships for people, including the Olympic. Okay. And during the war, Olympic was named Old Reliable because it had a it had a habit of running over <laughs> ships. <laughs> All right. It, it, okay. Yeah, it crashed into a, uh, a U-boat. Not a U-boat, but a, a submarine. They saw a submarine, so they just went full speed ahead and ran it over. Yeah. What in the hell? And then, okay. I think, I think five years before Olympic was just, like, taken apart, it accidentally mm-hmm. ran over another ship, so it got very known for crashing into ships. <laughs> they are the tank of the sh- but it's, ship world. But it survived. It survived the whole thing. Wow. Yeah. That's the unsinkable Essentially, ship. Essentially, yeah. It was the Olympic all along. <laughs> Man, they shouldn't have based themselves on Titanic, but what can what you do? Can you do? Yeah. And then in terms of like, um, you know, just people's confidence in ocean liners, do you, did that waver at all? Or There was no alternative. So okay. the Olympic, the Olympic went on for, the Olympics a good example of, you know, mm-hmm. the Olympic went on for at least, I think, 30 years, 20 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it went on for another 20 years. So obviously it's, it didn't make that much of a dent. It just made a dent mm-hmm. in the idea of safety. Right? People people right. still had to cross the ocean. They still had to immigrate and visit their families and do business. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it made much of an impact. Okay. And then in terms of safety, like what changed? What did they do more life, better? More lifeboats. <laughs> more training. <laughs> more lifeboats. More, lifeboats, okay. more training. Because more safety measures, protocols. Because the idea of ferrying people doesn't work anymore. Right. So exactly. everything works until it doesn't. And then, how did they manage to put more lifeboats on the ship? They made in the end, like they put them on top of each other, which is why I said go look at a picture of the Britannic. You can see it. You can see the lifeboats. Okay. They go. They. It's like a mechanism that lowers. Right. It lowers one. Mm-hmm. You board it. You lower that ship, and another one comes uh, down. Okay, like okay, a okay. like a sideways vending sense. machine in a way. Yeah, yeah. 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 Put your huh, quarter in, you get saved. He won't die today. Exactly. All right. I think those are all my questions so. for today. Yeah. Wow. What do you have extra things oh, to I could go on for ask. hours, but you know. <laughs> but you know. But you know. I don't want to start saying wrong things, you know. Ooh, oh. actually, I do have another question. So, <laughs> when um, passengers got back to shore, what were they talking? What? What? How did? How do we know all the information we know about the Titanic? The inc- considering we never found the wreck until recently. It's the inquiries, essentially. It was everybody was questioned. Everybody was asked what what okay. happened, blah blah blah, and the trials that went on, and the press were there waiting, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't know if this answers your question, but this is just another side fun note. The first lifeboat okay. to launch. I can't remember her freaking name, but there was an actress on that lifeboat, right? Okay. And she was famous. She was absolutely, oh, she was the most famous actress, the most well-paid actress at the time. She was mm-hmm. on the Titanic. And as soon as she got on the Carpathia, she started writing down her story, right? And then she got uh-huh. to shore and her manager, the boss of the film company, forced her uh-huh. to make a movie. Based on her experience. Oh my so god. The f- and she did? Yes. So the first ever Titanic movie came out 29 mm-hmm. days after the ship sank. Starring... That was a fast film. Starring the actress on the Titanic. Wow. Her own story. Sort of. That's impressive. Yeah. It was a love story as well. Kind of weird. Oh, why is... Just like this new one. Why is sinking in the Atlantic so romantic? It's it's futile. Star star-crossed lovers destined to die. <laughs> it's a it's a lost film now, unfortunately. Oh, yeah, no. uh, the movie studio burned down along with the film. What in yeah. the hell? Okay. In 1914, she lost her mind as well. 
while filming the movie, she would have constant mental breakdowns. And, oh, shit. And that was her last movie. She quit acting. She was like, I'm done. done. I can't yeah, do this anymore. Moved to Paris. And... As they do. And became a Nazi. <laughs> Science. Yeah, what? she was a Nazi sympathizer. Oh, my God. Yeah. What's her name? I can't remember. I'll put it into the blog. I'll make sure it's in the blog because okay. she's, she's got a really interesting story. Sounds good. Yeah. I will... Do you have the story anywhere? Like, is that... Is there this, the written story that she had? Well, hold on. Let me restart that sentence because, wow. Is the story that she wrote down still intact? I'm not sure. I will look into that Might for you. Might be. That would be really interesting to read. I, I'm i sure the movie is out there somewhere because it was distributed, like, planet-wide. It has to be. It was a, it it was a smash hit at the time. It was... Uh-huh. Be popular. People, people were like, "Okay, well, why are you, why are you making money off this disaster?" You know. Mm-hmm. But well, that also that also makes me wonder. Like, there have been so many ships that probably sank mm-hmm. similarly to the Titanic. Yeah. What is it about the Titanic that is so popular? I mean, yeah, you know, unsinkable ship, but it's why did what the hell? You know? I think it's because number one, the survivors, right? Mm-hmm. One because it was so well documented. Because it was the largest ship in the world, because it was her maiden mm-hmm. voyage, how she sank too. James Cameron himself said it could not have sunk more perfectly. It is the perfect mm-hmm. story. That's why there have been so many movies, because it's the perfect yeah. sequence. There's a beginning, middle, and end to the mm-hmm. ice. Yeah. It's really a story. In the it end. is. But how, much, but how much of that story is because it came from people? You know? Most of it. Like... Right, exactly. Like, most of the story that we get has a beginning, middle, and end, because in the end, I feel like that's how humans describe events, right? There has to be... It's a narrative in the end. And it makes me wonder if, you know, the story of the Titanic really was the perfect sinking, or if it was just made out to be the perfect sinking because of the the recollection of the passengers in the end. I think it was the perfect sinking. It was... Everything led up to it. Right, everything okay. that could go wrong did go wrong. For you know, it was like domino effect. Yeah, right. So many things in the past led up to that moment, mm-hmm. and so many famous people on it. You're right, though, because of the story that was told after the mystery. Mm-hmm. Did she break in half? Did she not break in half? Yeah. Where did it break in half? Where is the ship? And it disappeared. There's no camera footage of it. That, you know, so there's yeah, of course. So yeah. I think also, I mean, was it always this popular, though? Like, oh, even yeah. when it was sinking? Oh, yeah. Everyone was talking oh, yes. about it? Oh, yes. Yeah, it, was, okay. it was worldwide news. It was, it went, it was, oh, man. You couldn't get away from it. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it makes me think of, <laughs> it makes me think of the first episode of Downton exactly. Abbey. It was, that's, that's essentially how it it's, went. It was, you open, you open the newspaper. Oh, my goodness, the Titanic is sinking <laughs> the next day. Holy shit, the First World War is starting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was, I think the yeah. First World War is what, I don't want to say killed the Titanic's enthusiasm, like, interest, but. Mm-hmm. It probably did. Yes, but it was huge news. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And the First World War in the end. Mm-hmm. It's a big thing in itself, so I wouldn't be surprised if it did kill the enthusiasm yeah, around the Titanic. Pretty much. But yeah. Yeah. There was yeah. there was a it's two things I'm gonna leave this on. Was okay. during the inquiries, during the trials, they asked one mm-hmm. of the officers, describe the screaming. Oh my god. What kind of question is that? To, First of all. That's how we anyways. know so much, is because they asked so many questions. Yeah. And they said, describe the screaming. And he, he couldn't. He couldn't. He said, it was the worst sound I've ever heard in my life. And then he stops. And then he realizes, no, it wasn't. It was the silence that followed. It was oh, the worst shit. sound. Because you knew they, yeah. I have ever heard in my life. Just to put into perspective of... And that actress, she was forced to recreate that days after that. Oh my God. Poor girl. Yeah. You know, it must it must really be traumatizing. When you think about it, you can't see anything. Nothing's going mm. on. It's just sounds, mm. right? Like, oof. And you can't do anything about it because you can't see yeah. anybody. In a way, it's almost... I feel like it might have been worse that they couldn't see anything. Because they, it was, it's the biggest form of helplessness. Mm. Like, 
feeling helpless, right? You can't see what's going on. You can't help anybody because you don't know where they are. And it's just, and you hear them screaming until they stop yeah. screaming. And that's when you know, like, you know they've died or you you know they've frozen to death. So, so, yeah, no, no. We shall, I shall end this on something I heard. It's very poetic. I thought it was poetic. Some people would find it cheesy. But on the ship, the only thing between you and a sheet of metal is eternity. Ah, let's let's absorb that. Yeah. Right. How would you interpret that, sir? Sir, how do I interpret that? Mm-hmm. Jeez, I don't know. That's pr- the only thing between you and a sheet of metal is eternity. The only thing you could change it. I think the only thing between you and eternity is a sheet of metal, something like that. The only thing between you and eternity is a sheet of metal. Oh, that makes a lot more sense. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And then everyone died. Well, I hope we all learned something today. We did. We did. I am. We are ending this on a tragic note. As it as it should. As it should end. As it should. So. Are you doing a special episode next week, or shall we go back to our usual right. until you find something special? No, I think I think we'll find we'll go back to our usual until we find something special. Well, next one's yours, so okay. All right. Thank you, everybody. I think I think I know what I'm going to talk yeah. about. Surprise! Surprise! Oh no! All right. <laughs> All right, everyone. All right, Thomas. Yeah. Thank, Thank you, you for imparting your wisdom on Titanic yes. to all of us. It's duly much appreciated. You're very welcome. I'll be here next week. All right. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>